This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the Therapy Group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. So we are so thrilled to introduce today's guest, Daniela Pearson. Daniela is the co-founder of Wondermind with Selena Gomez and Mandy Teefy and the founder and CEO of The Newsette, a woman-focused media company and creative agency dedicated to spotlighting diverse voices. Daniela was recently named the youngest, wealthiest, self-made diverse woman in the U.S. by Forbes. Wow. <laughs> Welcome, Daniela. We're so pumped to have what you an, here. What an intro. How are you doing today? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I always say that the intro makes me sound way cooler than I am. Um, so I hope I live up to the hype. I, I'm really just a crazy poodle lady um, in my apartment. But yeah, uh, Thank you so much for that intro. I'm, as I told you before we started recording, I'm a big fan of the show and um, I love what you guys are doing and destigmatizing, you know, mental health is one of my passions in life. And so I'm just really excited to be here. I literally took one of my OCD medicines uh, while we were prepping and I feel like this is a safe space for that. So yes. um, yeah, oh, good. very excited. I'll- I'll take my Lamictal. You take your OCD meds. We can all take meds together. It's one of my favorite things to I'll do. I'll take a nap. Yeah, and you'll take a nap. That is one of your meds <laughs> as well. Okay, so, so Daniela, being what an intro. Tell us a little bit about yourself. That's our bio for you, but we want to hear from you. Besides being a poodle lady, I want to hear all about you, and I want to hear about the poodles too. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, the poodles probably want to join. Uh, they they love just getting attention from everyone. But um, yeah, that is my professional bio, which I never in my wildest dreams thought it would be read about me. I'm pretty sure if I was able to like go into the future 10 years when I was 16 to this moment right now and heard that, I'd probably be like, that's such a mean joke <laughs> that someone would play on me to like say all those things because I just am, and we can get into this. I'm just like the epitome of what success should not look like, which is why I'm so passionate about you know, transforming the way that people think a successful person should look. So it's not just the middle-aged white guy on the Forbes, you know, cover that's like no emotion in business. It could be a 20-something Latina woman who has OCD, ADHD, depression, you know, had bad grades, didn't get any VC funding, was laughed out of the room, multiple men. The list goes on about how like, you know, not investable I am. And so it is uh, very weird to have that title, but also I'm not proud to have that because I'm 27. That's young, but it's not that young. And I'm pretty sure the male equivalent of that title is probably 16 in some like mom's basement or like at Stanford or something, because women just receive so much less funding. And I didn't receive any funding for my first business, the Newsette, which is now Newsette Media Group with the Newsette Newsletter. Um, every day as the media part and then New Land, which is our creative agency and PR agency where we work with the biggest brands in the world. And that is the majority of my net worth. It was just valued at $200 million. And we used no VC money to grow that, not because I didn't want to, because no one would give it to me. And so my mission now in life is I don't want that title anymore. I want someone else to have it. That would be the best day of my life when somebody, you know, is able to surpass that because it's it's not fair how little resources women get, women of color, people with, you know, learning disabilities, mental health issues, etc. Um, and I'm just trying to, you know, be really open, honest about it. Uh, so that's a little bit more about me. And then the poodles, uh, I have a... Uh, <laughs> I have a five-year-old poodle named Leo, who is the love of my life. He was supposed to be like four pounds and I overfed him like crazy since he's like nine <laughs> He's nine pounds. He's a little chubby jelly bean and he's just beautiful. And he's just the kindest, sweetest little like just emotional support. I could not have been through, you know, the last five years without him. He's done so much for me and he's like also I need to be his emotional support too uh which is fun but then uh recently a year ago I got truffle who is two pounds and literally a menace but she is the cutest thing you've ever seen her eyes are like as big as you know she looks like a doll Uh, she doesn't look real but she is just man like crazy um and so they don't really get along that well (laughs) Uh, but it's it's definitely entertaining to see you know what they do um and so yeah that that is my life I live in New York um most of the time I, I go to LA a lot for work I was just there I just came on a red eye a few hours ago. So if I'm mumbling, it's not only because the Ritalin hasn't kicked in, it's because (laughs) I, you know, didn't get that much sleep, but I'm again, really happy to be here and happy to answer any other questions. So, well, so we have some listener questions for you, but I have to ask you, you brought up something so important, right? Which is VC funding and you did this entire thing without it. But a lot of folks trying to do this get so discouraged by that. What would you say to people that are struggling to get funding, that want to do something new, that want to do something different, that are being left out of rooms? What words of advice do you have? Because we need to hear from someone else that this is possible. 
Yeah. So I, I've had experience on both ends now um, because with the news ad, again, zero funding. And so we got to 40 million in revenue and a $200 million valuation with no investor capital. My only other business partner is my uh, mother, who's an immigrant from Colombia. And I gave her um, a small piece of the company because she was literally the only person that ever believed in me uh, through this entire process. And then I have incredible people like my twin sister and you know people around me that um, have been supportive. But when I tried to raise VC capital for the news that I was probably like 22, 23, um, and although everything looked really promising and I would make it up to the very last stages of the conversations. So like even getting through the door is almost impossible. You have to basically find somebody, an entrepreneur that will talk to you, that will introduce you to one of their investors, et cetera. And so in terms of just even getting an intro, I recommend going through like everyone knows somebody who like knows somebody that started a company or works for a startup. So like cold outreach to them, be like, I'd love to, you know, be able to add XYZ value if, if I could talk to you about like your investors and would you ever, you know, consider introducing me to them or get creative, like talk to one of them on Twitter. Investors love Twitter and they probably don't get tweeted a lot. So like those are good ways to just get in the door. But so I would get in the door uh, pretty easily through, you know, the people that we feature in the news ad. They would so kindly, you know, the woman introduced me to their investors and um, I would get pretty far. And then all of a sudden I would meet with like the partner or like in one case, like the big, big guy, very well known in the industry. And uh, <laughs> then all of a sudden, like it was just like, oh, no, it's not a good fit. You know, like we don't really get it, whatever. And so. You know, it could have been a lot of things. It could have been because I was, you know, 23 year old woman as a diverse woman, only 0.4% of um, diverse women get capital, which is crazy. And like under 2% of women get capital. So it could have been that could have been that my presentation sucked. Like, you know, I don't know. Um, But I'm more inclined to say that, like, I think there were a lot of more prejudice against me because this was now five years ago. It was it wasn't really, you know, in the era of like empowerment, et cetera. And that's really what I try to do with my first company, the news that just media side. And so, but the thing that really set me off and like made me say, you know, fuck VCs is because I was spending so much time trying to raise money. And this is something that any listener is that is raising money or thinking about raising money should know. It's a full-time job for a CEO. So you are unable to run the company while you do this. And if you are, then it's very hard. You're not, then you're not effectively raising and you're not effectively running the company. And so it is very time consuming, at least would take two months, three months uh, of like, you know, just meetings with hundreds of people. You can't expect to meet with 10 people and just have like half of them say yes. If that happens to you, then like, good, good, (laughs) good job. That's amazing. Uh, That has never happened to me. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. 
so you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable, so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. The thing that I realized was I was in this meeting with the biggest name in the investment world in New York, and I had gone through all these other you know meetings to get to this meeting, and I was doing my presentation, and the older man who's the big name and you know owns the firm, whatever, uh, started laughing, and I was like, "Oh, what's so funny?" And yeah, like everyone in the room was kind of like, "What? Well, yeah, what's happening?" And he was like, you just remind me so much of my granddaughter. And I was like, oh, well, she must be like really entrepreneurial and really smart and charming. You know, I tried to make a joke out of it and he got super serious and he said, no, she's actually has nothing to do with entrepreneurship, talks way too fast and is probably going to be a failure. I literally, kid you not. And I sat there, I was like, okay like and i i continued on like i was like the next slide and it was the most just embarrassing moment of my life and as an entrepreneur you have to have a thick skin like you when i was in bu and i started my company when i was in college i would literally go up to people and like hand them you know a a photocopy of the news and be like you should sign up for this but that was just so crazy that he would say that to me and also in front of everyone else that like believed in me and like brought me to him so I almost felt embarrassed that these people championed me and then that this that's what this guy got from this conversation and so that was the only time I ever I went into the uber and I just started crying and I I again I've I've been through a lot of shit you know especially 
since in my life, but also in the last eight years of being an entrepreneur. But that was one of the hardest moments because I basically was like, all of these people have told me, no, maybe this is a bad idea. Uh, But then I quickly was like, you know what? Fuck this. I spent more time trying to get money than actually growing my business. And so what I did was instead of, you know, taking 50 meetings to maybe get $2 million, um, I decided to just work my ass off and get those $2 million by getting 100 different clients. And so it's way harder to do it without money, without VC money. And some things like if you have an actual product that needs R&D, etc., it's almost impossible to do without money. I had a newsletter. So it was it was I was able to do it. And you know, um, when I graduated, the very first month, we did 25k, we, me, myself and I, did 25k in um, ad sales. And so I was able to continue to like roll the profits into uh, growing the company and just really slow and steady. Uh, But I'm glad that that happened to me because it made me realize how important it was to uh, even when you have $40 million of revenue, whatever, to be extremely careful about your cash flow and what you're investing in, what you're not investing in. And then it also taught me that I I was able to break, you know, the the norm where a company that's valued at $200 million, 99.9% of the time you got VC funding and uh, I didn't. And so it's almost like the VC funding came from all the clients that we were able to get. And so I really am just so happy that that happened to me because then when I started my other company, Wondermind with uh, Selena and Mandy we did raise and uh, I was able to kind of do the impossible uh, before we launched with anything. We had no employees, no, you know, we had just an idea. I was able to get us in a hundred million dollar valuation that we had for our series A and we raised millions of dollars at that valuation because of, you know, the value that I had been able to prove that I could do with nothing, with like no money to start. And then also obviously my partners and the incredible, you know, backgrounds and lessons and knowledge that they had in the space. And so I I kind of see both sides and I did raise money and I, I know that whole process. And even as somebody who built a $200 million company, who has been on Forbes 30 under 30, is named, you know, Forbes, wealthiest, youngest, whatever, Latinaist thing, uh, the, the, the funny title, even as that person, it's hard to raise money. So uh, if, if you are being, you know, told no, or if you feel discouraged, I could show you, I mean, from the early days, the thousands of no's I got and I can show you from a year ago, you know, the dozens of no's I got. So uh it's it really it never gets easier and just I guess my that was so fucking long. I always uh, every time someone no, asks was me a perfect. Question, You're doing and great. I keep going. <laughs> and I answer this um this long, I'm like sorry for my TED talk answer. But essentially the advice I would give is don't give up because people say no because you should be, you should almost enter every conversation as if they're going to say no. But if they say yes, that would be amazing. So you don't put that much pressure on you. But you also like, it's almost like you go into every conversation being your 100% and doing like the best pitch that you've ever done. 
because it's like, this can be practiced for like the next yes or whatever, because then you're going to show up to the meeting and not be as stressed or as maybe like, you know, desperate Debbie, like, so you do want to invest or whatever. Like you kind of can uh, feel a little cool because investors want to feel FOMO. They want to feel, even if you have no one on your cap table, they want to feel like, you know, Hey, this is a great conversation. So I can definitely follow up with you, but talking out there people. So, uh, you know, let me know instead of being like, so should we like, you know, count you in. Um, and, and so I think just going into every meeting thinking it's going to be a no, that is the best strategy because then if it's a yes, it's like, oh, this wasn't supposed to happen. Like you would just prepare yourself for the no. And I wouldn't say that people for like anything else, you know, I wouldn't say like, oh, just pretend like you're always going to fail. But for VC, it's just such a niche thing. Like, you know, the firm has to be looking for a company exactly like yours. They have to do their internal calculations of, you know, uh, does this meet? There are certain manifesto, et cetera. And so that's the advice I give just for VC funding because it is such a point talk. That was Let, amazing. Can I also say, like, I think, first of all, your story is so inspirational in a lot of ways. You know, our mouths are completely open as we're listening to this. I think, too, because I know, you know, a big mission of yours is destigmatizing mental health and talking about mental health. And as someone with OCD, too, I understand like how much you must battle your own mind or have learned ways to battle your own mind or what. And so I'm wondering kind of the intersection between starting a business where there are a lot of, you know, struggles along the way. And like, how do you keep going? Like, how do you how do you work through that just in your own mind to be able to say, no, I'm going to keep going? Because I think it's easy when there is a roadblock to give up and say, oh, this isn't going to work or to doubt yourself. And so I'm wondering for you, someone who has battled their own mind, how have you worked through that for yourself? You know, I'll go back to my college days because that's really where I was just like a complete loser. And I like to like use very harsh terms like that because I don't want people to like, you know, if anyone's watching this video and they see my formal living room in Soho, they're not going to believe, oh, she had it really bad. This took eight years. Like, trust me, I walk through my apartment and think I married a rich guy every single day. (laughs) Uh, I still, yeah, I still don't, I, I, I still can't believe it. But so I'll go back to my college days because that was truly when it was like, you know, I have hard days now, but people, you know, are like, okay, but like you still have, you know, money, whatever. And I get it. If that's not relatable, but there was a time where I literally had no one on my side, nothing, no backup plan. And so I truly know how that feels. And that was three years ago. That wasn't even like eight years ago. It was three years ago where, you know, the business started making a lot of money and, you know, I became a millionaire at 25 so, and I'm 27 now. So, but before that, it was fucking rough, you know, there was, there was no good things uh, happening. And so in college, I think my, my, the reason why I started the news that newsletter was because I realized that I, the first two years of my college was going to be general studies, which was basically everything I learned in high school and middle school. And I was not, I was just so over it. I wanted to do business or I wanted to, you know, go into business school or work, do some sort of work that wasn't, you know, studying history again. And so I realized sophomore year, 
I wasn't getting the best grades ever. I was getting like B's and C's because I didn't care about any of those classes. And I knew I was never going to use any of that knowledge for my life. And so I said, you know, no one's going to hire me. So I might as well hire myself. And I had always wanted to be a magazine editor or writer. Like I, I loved looking at magazines and opening them and just reading them and being just immersed in them. And so I was like, never going to get an internship in a magazine because I don't know if it's changed, but back then, uh, like, you know, 10 years ago, it was like, you had to know somebody that knew somebody to even get in the door for an internship, or you had to have like straight A's, which duh, you know, I like, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, uh, but that was not me. And so I thought maybe if I create like my own mini magazine um, every day, and it just evolved every single day. And I got better at writing. And, you know, the, the mission became more female empowering and fun and interviewing people that I found inspiring that luckily a lot of other people found inspiring. And that's how it, it grew. And I was really I had zero resources um, until junior year, um, when I got a, a small loan that I had to repay within three years, or my parents would own 50% of my company, the loan was $15,000. And that is a lot of money to give to a college student. However, <laughs> that was those are probably the worst terms anyone has ever signed for a $15,000 loan. And, you know, I literally have colleagues or friends that are like 18, and they raised $50 million. So like in the VC world, 15k is like, not even a thing. I mean, I, I don't even know if it would qualify as an investment. But I, when I was able to get that loan, I was able to actually invest in things like, you know, uh, shirts for swag and an ambassador program, etc. But before that, I had nothing. So I had to be really creative. Um, because we weren't, you know, monetizing that we again, me, myself and I were not monetizing the news that yet. Uh, so the hardest moment of my life was my junior year at Boston University. I was working on an entrepreneurship project with eight other people. It was like this famously hard uh, business school project that you heard about, you know, the years prior. And then finally it came. And because I had my other business, I basically was working from like I would write the news at from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m., run to, you know, Staples to deliver all of the ambassador packages of people that like referred X amount of people. Then I would run to the business school, go to class. In between, I would be emailing people to feature, like I was a one woman show. And then when this project happened, then I would go straight to the project group. We would work for hours. Then I would go straight back home in order to, you know, continue working on the news app. And because I did that, a lot of the people on my team, which, you know, was it was such an unrealistic entrepreneurship project. I don't know about you guys, but I've never heard of a fucking company started by eight people. So uh, when we did the presentation, everyone literally knew like 10% of the company uh, because like it's never eight people. And then the other crazy part was that it was peer graded. So instead of in the real world where your boss grades you on the presentation and what you put in, it was like, oh, no, your peers are going to grade you. And so what ended up happening was there was literally one guy that didn't even bring his laptop to like any of the meetings. So I don't know how he even did work. But uh, the third unbelievable part was one person had to fail in the group. And since even though I did a, a, a pretty good job, I'm not going to say I deserved an A plus, but like I did all the work I needed to do for my section, whatever. 
I ended up being the person they chose uh, because after, you know, every time we would meet up and stuff, they would go out for a drink after something and I would just go straight to do my work. And so I wasn't really close with them. And so that happened. And I basically pleaded to the teachers and said, please just look at what I contributed because it was like 70% of our grade. And so since I failed that, I failed the entire semester of the last semester of junior year. And so they would not hear it. You know, it was like in the real world, like you're going to be graded by people around you, whatever. I was just so pissed. And these other teachers were like, maybe you should just go like try your little newsletter thing. Like maybe college isn't for you. And I literally ran to the bathroom um, and just cried and called my mom and said, mom, like I can't be here. Like they're not supporting me. I'm, I'm like, this isn't fair. What am I supposed to do? And my mom was like, she she was like, you have to stay in college. I mean, like, I don't blame her because the news I wasn't making any money, you know, even though she believed in me. And so I got a letter from the Dean, uh, the, you know, Dean at that point, there's a new Dean now, um, who I recently talked to and she's amazing. Uh, but the Dean at that point sent a letter that I'm sure he sent a lot of other people. It probably wasn't personalized to me. That was like, hi, since you failed this semester, you are on academic probation and you not only have to retake all of the classes that you failed. So the three classes that I wouldn't have failed if I didn't fail the project and the first semester of your senior year, but you also have to do all of the semester stuff for that semester and you have to get this GPA. And if you don't, you're going to be kicked out. So I would have been kicked out of college one semester before graduation and I failed our entrepreneurship project. And like, in hindsight, I've been asked to be the business school commencement speaker for BU for this year. And so I barely crossed that stage. And now I'm going to speak on it. And apparently, I'm like, the most successful entrepreneur that's graduated there in like decades. And so uh, me and the uh, new dean are like, maybe we should talk about the entrepreneurship project. (laughs) I, I failed that. But they're they're so willing for, you know, feedback and everything. And I'm just so honored that they would even want me to, like, go back and speak, which just goes to show anyone who feels like this is the end of the world, uh, like, you know, nothing is going to get better. I literally went from, like, a dean saying, like, yeah, you out to, like, you want to come back and speak at the commencement? So it, it's just, like, you, it's, it's a lesson of, like, you never know. It, like, failure is never final. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If 
you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I have felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is of course the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty free and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash shrinkchicks. So somehow in that time, I was incredibly depressed. My OCD took on a life of its own. It became the worst it had ever been in my entire life. And I was paralyzed, basically. Like, I couldn't even try to do work for school because my OCD and my anxiety was so bad that I'd just be like, you're going to fail. Like, this is going to happen, whatever. And I couldn't even do the work. And so at that point, I really hit rock bottom. And I used the little savings. I did not tell my parents because they would have just died because of the stigma um, having to do with you know therapy, etc. And this was five years ago or six years ago. Uh, but I took the little tiny money that we had made in the newsletter via affiliate links. So when people would buy stuff that I would put in the newsletter, I had a good amount of savings there. And I used that money to actually uh, get a psychiatrist and get a therapist. And I basically told all, my entire story, you know, through childhood, through everything to the therapist and she started crying. And I was like, oh God, that's not a good sign. Uh, but then when I met with the psychiatrist, she was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And she was like, you're going to go on Prozac. And I, again, I had no one to talk, talk to really about like, not like a parental person, you know, because my parents would have never been okay with that. But obviously, I was kind of able to do whatever I wanted because I was in college and I was paying for it with my savings. And it was so expensive. So I know all about, you know, how incredibly just hard it is to get help when even when you decide you want it and you need it. But I started taking Prozac. It completely changed my life. It, it's like it took away so many of my intrusive thoughts as for OCD. 
it made my emotions just go down so much more. I was less angry. I was able to focus on what I needed to do. And I just somehow did it. And so I think, you know, in terms of a time where I literally had nothing, it was like, you are going to be kicked out. You have no job lined up. Your company is not making money. You got shitty grades. No one is going to ever fucking hire you. Like it was like a, uh, like this will ruin my life moment. And I felt like there was just no way it was ever going to happen. And my business started thriving. So like, it wasn't just go like, just put the news out on the shelf and then do all this other stuff. I had to continue doing that as well. So I had a job after college, Mm -hmm. Um, but I was able to do it. And I think it was just really the power of therapy and the power of uh, my psychiatrist and taking medicine that just saved me. Oh man. Oh, you're talking. Oh, I'm feeling shimmery inside. I don't know. I love that. Okay, we have to get to a listener question, and I'm dying to hear what you'd say back to this person. Are you ready? Yes. I've worked at the same company since graduating college 10 years ago, and I feel incredibly stuck because I'm truly unhappy and anxious at this job. But I'm scared to make a change and risk losing my identity. The first people want to know about you is, what do you do? And I love answering that question because my job is impressive and it makes me feel great to share it with others. But I am also miserable. How do I separate my identity from work? It feels impossible. Help me. Uh, Well, that's a really good question. And I identify so much with that because I had no idea what I want to be. Um, I once told my mom, like to her horror when I was 18, like, I feel like I might die young because I feel like there might be, there should be something that I should be like attracted to as a job or like as a passion. And there was nothing. And, you know, it's just being kind of lost and then finding out what you love. It seems like this person knows that they are not happy, but they're scared that if they make a change, they're almost going to maybe go down the totem pole in terms of like, you know, status or the type of job. But truly, and I'm speaking from experience here, if you are not happy at what you're doing and you don't like, you don't have to be happy every day. I mean, my God, like who is? And if you are, then like, you know, tell me what you do. Uh, <laughs> and what you take, like, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. But uh, if you're unhappy, the majority of the time that you're working, then that's a problem. And you should basically think, do I want to, if I like, you know, died tomorrow, would I say, wow, I wish I would have pursued my passion? Or would I have said, oh, I'm glad I stayed in that job I hated so I could impress everyone else? You know, it's a pretty easy answer when you put it in that sense. And or like, you know, what if I was going to look back at my life in 20 years and, not, and I chose this path versus this path? So if, if you're miserable at your job, but it's like really cool, whatever, quit the job. If you have savings, you know, it sounds like this is a really good job and this person might have savings. Just go after the opportunity you want to do. You could also, you know, if you don't have a ton of savings, kind of start a side hustle and like, you know, try to uh, make that a full-time thing as you have your full-time job. But it seems like the biggest question here is like losing your identity because it's, you're, you're so, you feel like you're so intertwined by being this successful person. And what I would say to that is, are you really successful if you're not happy? And that is something that I'm such a hypocrite to say, because like, 
I definitely have to work on my own happiness. And I've put a lot of other people's happiness in front of myself because I like to help other people and I want to help other people. Um, but recently I've learned, you know, again, are you really successful if you're not happy with, you know, your life, not, not just your job? Um, I love what I do every single day. I'm very, very lucky, but there are certain aspects of my life that maybe need to change. And so I think my advice would be to take the plunge to separate yourself from work. If your identity is a job you hate, then like, do you hate yourself? Do you hate, you know, think about what part of it's your identity? Is it being successful? Because you can be successful in another field. If that's your identity, is it because, you know, this certain field, you are this expert and you don't want to lose that identity. Well, if that's making you miserable, why would you want it to be your identity? And I know it all sounds way easier said than done. Um, but I would encourage the person to really take a look at why they feel like the job is their identity. And if it is an overarching thing, like I like saying that I'm successful, I like being successful then that's easy. Just go be successful in this other, you know, in a passion that you love or in something that's not going to make you miserable. Because if you did it once, you can do it again. Mm. Uh, that would be my advice. Oh, wow. I mean, the one, the piece that really stuck out in what you said is, are you successful if you're not happy? I think yeah. that is yeah. so, so beautifully said and truly, truly so helpful. Like I'm, you know, I just think your story is completely, um, once again, inspiring and going to be so Thank helpful you. for people. And so we do, we do something on our show at the end of our show where we have our guests call bullshit on something in their industry. Uh, maybe it's a myth. And so wanted to give you the space to call some bullshit on some stuff. Call some bullshit out. <laughs> okay. Um, I think the biggest bullshit thing is work-life balance if you want to be an entrepreneur. So at my companies, we encourage work-life balance. Like we very, our, our culture is like, you know, after the work day, people are done. People should not work during weekends, you know, all of that stuff. So because we obviously want our employees to be happy and our team members to be happy. But it's also, you know, if they have time to refuel and, and do their thing, they're going to come back better. So I rather have somebody for eight hours, just kill it and then go live their life than for somebody for 14 hours or 12 hours and hate everything about being there. So um, that's something that we're really crucial about and like the way we communicate. So like on Slack um, or, or email, things that you can turn off, really having that work-life balance. So I, I, I think it's a myth that you can't have a successful startup without, you know, just working everyone to the bone on your team. I think obviously there are some times where maybe at a company, like for two weeks, you just have to like hunker down. And that has happened in our company before with like a few of our head people where we have just had to like make it work. But for the majority of the time, it absolutely should not be that way. So that's a myth. But on the other side, me as an entrepreneur, I have, you know, three businesses. Uh, I'm running uh, the Newsette and Newland, the agency. There is no realistic world where I should expect or demand work-life balance because I decided to do that. And if I were to give myself, um, you know, I guess the weekends uh, um, off for just like, okay, the weekends I won't work. Could I probably do that? 
maybe, and I'm trying to get better at it. But I signed up to really blow these three companies out of the water. And so, and I'm 27. I don't have any kids. I I don't have responsibilities. I've made the conscious decision that I want my life to revolve around my work because it honestly fuels me and I love what I do. And I love helping people and helping brands, you know, the biggest brands in the world, be able to spotlight people of color via TikTok campaigns and, you know, uh, have incredible entrepreneurs, be PR worthy, all of the stuff we do in their agency, but then also the news that empowering readers through our daily email newsletter and Wondermind, destigmatizing, democratizing mental health. And so I think... I, I have come to terms with, again, I have three companies. So like, if you have one company, yeah, take, take a day off. <laughs> like I'm not encouraging you to n- not have weekends, but I think whenever anyone's like, oh, you should have work-life balance. Like for my specific situation, I signed up well, for what I signed up for. I basically threw work-life balance out the window. However, something that I am going to do now that, you know, I'm shifting some things off of my plate is work on what makes me happy outside of work. Because just like the listener question, my entire identity has been built since uh, I started the news that eight years ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know who I was as a person before that. And so uh, I'm really working on finding out what makes me happy outside of all of that work and who I would be if I sold all the companies. Well, we can't wait to watch it because you're fucking kick ass. <laughs> wow. Um, Daniela, where can people find you? How can they subscribe? Everyone wants to follow everything about you. Tell us so everyone can follow you. Thank you. Well, um, hopefully uh, if people are as interested as, as you are in me. Uh, <laughs> you guys are so kind. You are like the best hype woman ever. Um, <laughs> we mean I'm it. Like, I'm always like, why does anyone give a fuck about like what I post on Instagram or like my, do- well, obviously my poodle. The dogs. Amazing. Yeah. Well, that's the but, yeah, yeah, that's it, 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 yeah. Follow me for the dogs. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm on Instagram, Daniela underscore Pearson and it's Daniela D-A-N-I-E-L-L-A, two L's and an A. Um, and then I also am on TikTok. Uh, my twin sister is like the biggest book talker in the world. Her name is Alex Astor. And she has this incredible book called Light Lark that has been on the New York Times bestseller list for like six months. So she's like really the person on TikTok you want to follow. But if you want to also follow me, that's <laughs> great. Um, and then, you know, subscribe to the news ad if you want a daily dose of inspiration, motivation, shopping recs, hearing about other incredible women's stories. Um, and just like, of the day's news at everything from fashion, beauty, tech, business, and beyond. Um, and then finally, you know, Wondermind, uh, you know, we have our website and our newsletter and uh, Newland is our agency. So if you work at a company uh, that needs, you know, PR support, uh, TikTok help, um, you know, any creative services, uh, definitely drop us a line and you can go on gonewland.com to see some of our work. That is awesome. Follow Daniela and everything she has to do. We cannot thank you enough for being on Shrink Chicks today. Send this episode to your friend, your friend that is miserable at their job, that wants <laughs> to be the entrepreneur, your friend who is looking for a boast of inspiration. This is the episode to send to them. You can um, rate, review, subscribe, follow on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, all the places, you know, all the things I'm supposed to say every time. Um, follow us. You can watch us on YouTube. Uh, check us out on Shrink Chicks. If you're looking for a therapist and you're in a place just like Danielle in your life where you need a little extra help, we'd love to help you if you're located in the states of Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, Delaware, Pennsylvania, Florida, or California. 
and we will talk to you next time because don't forget that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. We'll see you next week on Street Chicks. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. Warning though, there will be no surface level conversations here. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image after trying to check all those be healthy boxes. I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. I truly believe how you feel on the inside reflects out into every aspect of your life. So if you're ready to go below skin deep to tap into a whole other level of wellness, you're in the right place. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks.